thankful this morning to be in the presence of a God that never stops working. You and I would become, and the scripture warns us about becoming faint-hearted, becoming weary and well-doing. But he encourages us, said, but he that endures, said, don't give up. And that's the same thing that Jesus Christ has gave us the great example of working with humanity and working with circumstances and situations. Isn't it great to be in the presence of a God that can work in the dark, work in places where you and I can't go, He can go. Open up dungeons and prisons and dark places and one day even the graves, they're going to burst wide open. Amen. You know why? Because he's already conquered death. And one day death is going to be conquered in its fullness. That last enemy called death. Through none other but Jesus Christ and him alone. What a privilege it is of ours to come to join together to worship. None other but Jesus Christ. What a beautiful name. All power in heaven and earth. All knees are going to bow. All tongues are going to confess. I'm glad I've already done it. How about you? I'm glad I'm already practicing it. And not ashamed of it either. Not ashamed to be called a Christian. Not ashamed to be called full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Let me say we're so honored to have our guest with us. So honored to have Brother Heath's Paul with us. God bless him today. Coming to worship the Lord with us. So thankful for that. So good to see Sister Cynthia. God bless you. It's good to see you in the house of God this morning. Good to see you. Amen. Good to see others. Amen. Sickness, different things been keeping you from the house of God, but you're back today. And we're honored and thankful to see you back with us. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Let's keep Sister Debbie in our prayers. Had her second treatment Friday. Doing well, as you can tell. Praise God. I like them thumbs up, man. Hallelujah. You know, that's one of the best things they put on that text, on that phone. Man, you just hit that thing there, buddy. That answers it. Praise God. It's been around. It was around a lot longer before the phones, I'm telling you right now. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going up. Amen. We're not losers. We're going up. Praise God. God bless you. Going to let our classes go to the classroom. How many appreciate your Sunday school teachers? God bless our Sunday school teachers and the students. Amen. Praying that God bless them, anoint them, use them. Put the word of God in them. You've got about 45 minutes an hour compared to the rest of the week. <laughs> Amen. What a job you got. Amen. To put the life in them. Put the hope, put the doctrine in them that will sustain them, hold them against the doctrines of men and the doctrines of the world. Thank God for truth. Thank God for truth that makes us free, sets us free. Hallelujah. It gives us liberty to know who we are and where we go and who to worship, how to worship Him. All that's very important. You find all this in the Scriptures and it's very important. Amen. How and who we worship. Praise God. Got a beautiful lesson today. And uh, just looking forward to what God's going to do in this service here this morning to speak to us, to minister to us through His Word and Spirit. That's the reason that we know that He's alive and well. Because He's in a, amongst us. He can walk with us. 
That's the reason the purpose of the Holy Ghost, the, the Bible uses the term basically secure, which means to comfort. Man, anybody appreciates a good comforting sometime? Man, when you're in the trials and the battles and the valley, the dark places, it's nothing like having somebody come along and comfort you, to encourage you and assist you and help you. Amen. And I'm telling you what, it's nothing like having the Lord. Amen. To walk in his footsteps, to know him as the Bible, one place that calls him the bishop of the soul. Other places it refers to him as the great shepherd. We know that even when David wrote Psalms 23 as a shepherd himself, but he wrote it as the sheep, as the lamb. Amen. Amen. This is the one that will lead and guide me into what? Steel waters and to green pastures. Praise God. Places that we can lie down. We would be content. Uh, we're living in one of the most uncontent worlds that we, you could ever live in. Nothing seems to satisfy them, but I'm glad I found satisfaction at the house of God. Amen. Found completeness in Jesus Christ and the gospel, the good tidings, the good news. Amen. The experience of Pentecost. It's not a man's religion. Amen. It's not a religion. It's an experience. Thank God for the experience that we've had in Jesus Christ. Our lesson this morning is going to be talking about not stopped by rejection. How many likes rejection? How many likes to be rejected? Man, you just get excited about it. <laughs> Praise God. Well, there's a few occasions I wouldn't mind being rejected. Next time I go to pay my bill, I hope I just reject myself. No, you don't have to pay it. <laughs> but for the most part, when we really talk about rejection in our lesson today is somebody that's trying to do good. Somebody that's trying to help. Somebody that's trying to assist. And no doubt, Jesus Christ, as he's coming, amen, to fulfill the law and bring the doctrine in of Jesus Christ and being the Messiah. Man, but yet he was rejected of his own. It's still amazing to me as we find out throughout the scriptures and part of our lesson even today. Amen. In Luke the fourth chapter, how the demonical forces would recognize him. Of course, he had a, a battle with them first. Satan himself, beginning of that Luke the fourth chapter. And the, today's lesson is going to be dealing with about from the 16th to 39th verse. They're about a man of the same book and the same letter. And uh, we're just looking forward to not stopped by rejection. When was the last time when you was rejected, you just gave up, though? It's pretty easy to do that, isn't it? Let's just be honest. Amen. Um, but, we, but we know, but we know to, uh, to win this battle, uh, to be victorious, to accomplish some things, and the call of God upon on, up on our lives, and, and to accomplish dreams and promises that we feel God's give us. There's going to be trials. There's going to be battles. And these battles can come from a number of different directions. They can come from Satan himself, the demonical forces. They can come from doctrines of men and beliefs of men. Sometimes it can come from even our own loved ones. When places talks about Jesus Christ, talking about he brought division in, even between fathers and sons and son-in-laws and father-in-laws and daughter-in-laws and mother-in-laws. Why gospel? The gospel, the truth, the fullness of the truth. Amen. So we do understand that. That everybody's not going to accept it. Everybody's not going to believe it. It's not going to fall on ears. 
a man that's just going to receive the man the fullness of the good tiny good news and this is the deal with Jesus Christ as he came fulfilling a man the prophecies of who he was but you know what as our lesson is going to help us to understand today he didn't let their rejection stop him from accomplishing and achieving what God had called him to do a man, even though there was more rejecting him than receiving him, because the best we can tell in book in Acts, a man, uh, somewhere around 120 upper room, we can other places. Paul's writings later on talks about 500 witnesses. So the great multitudes, a man, followed him at times, but then there was times when the sayings got tough, when the sayings got rough, a man, they left him by the multitudes. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad I'm not, I'm not interested in leaving this morning. I'm interested in running to the light. Amen. Light reveals things, but thank God for light. How many, how many appreciates light? The older you get, the more you appreciate light. <laughs> things that you could used to see in the dim, after a while, amen, you can't see it. And so you start looking. That's the second next best thing to put on them cell phones is that little light on the back side. <laughs> Amen. It's aggravating to get to it sometimes. <laughs> Praise God. But it sure is nice whenever you can get it on when you're in need of it. And I'm telling you, we're living in a dark world today that needs some folks that's got their candles lit and got them on the candlesticks and they're burning for none other but Jesus Christ. Amen. We're living in a community. Amen. They need a church. It's just like the Bible says that we're on a hill. Amen. And we can't hide the light. You can't hide the true light. You can't hide, amen, the true touch of God, the power of God, the miraculous hand of God. When God moves upon a vessel and moves in a vessel, I'll tell you, there's going to be some notable changes are going to take place. I feel a little rejection there. <laughs> but it's still true. You don't stay the same. Thank God for a new creation. Amen. Start loving the things you once hate and hate the things you once love. How can you stay the same and do that? It's impossible. So, praise God. The lesson's a big idea. Even if others reject me, I will still do what God has called me to do. I can tell you this much, that's a lot easier said than done. Praise God. <laughs> Have you ever set out to do something for God and you knew it was a God? But it seemed like every direction you turned was trying to reject or halt it and question it and hinder you from doing it. But you just keep on marching. You just keep on believing. And this same God that we read about in Revelation can close doors, but he can also open doors. He's a door opener. Amen. And if he can open our eyes to this truth and revelation, he can open up, open up the way. And I'm going to tell you something. That's one thing we learned from David. Man, David was anointed, called of God, called out, anointed. But he spent uh, many a days and weeks and months and years even running from Saul. But he never used force, physical force. To take the thronship. He knew he's anointed of God. He knew he is called of God. And he knew the time would come if he just let God work it out. And when you let God work it out in his time, in his season, for his glory, I'm telling you, that's when the miraculous takes place. 
That's when it all can come together. And this God can do even a quick work. And put things together in a few weeks or months that you thought would take 20 years. And all of a sudden, it all just comes together. And God brings it about. Amen. So, focus verse is going to be found in Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord, notice that word spirit is capitalized. It's not just any spirit, but any time you see it capitalized in the Bible, it's talking about the Spirit of God. That Jehovah Elohim. In all the fullness of that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. To who? To the poor. Now these are the words of Jesus Christ. He hath sent me to kill the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You know what? There's a lot said in that scripture, a lot more than a lot of people realize. Yes, he done it in the natural. He done it in the physical. But more so, he came, amen, to do it in the spirit, in the spiritual realm, that our spiritual eyes could be opened, our spiritual ears could be opened. Amen. That we that have been bruised spiritually, have been shoved aside and set aside and would not, could not qualify for one reason or the other. This is for some, even some of the Jews that was not qualified to come into the sanctuary and the synagogues and the temples for some, for some reason. Even when you get into the Levitical priesthood, amen, they had to meet certain qualifications in the natural or it would disqualify them. They couldn't have clothed feet. They couldn't, different things, amen, it's, it, it talks about uh, couldn't be maimed or lamed or anything like that. It would disqualify them, even though they was born a Levite. It would disqualify them to help participate and take part, amen, coming into that temple, coming into the sanctuary, amen, to help serve God and serve the people in that call, in that election. But thank God for Jesus Christ that came on the scene now, and he's going to make a way that whosoever will, let them come. Amen. It won't be just to select people. And that was never God's intention. If you watch God from the beginning of the creation, he tried to deal with the world. He finally reached a place, amen, because the world rejected God, would not acknowledge him, called upon him. But yet it was a lot easier to fall to sin, to darkness and things of the world. Amen. And reached that point, place that he had to call one or other Chaldeans. But even with that call, it was set up to call out a people, to set up a nation, to be a testimony of God, that there is a God. And that's the reason they was taught and warned, amen, Man, not to participate and get called up, amen, in the worship of the other uh, the nations and people. When they went into the Canaan land, the promised land, amen, not to let them intimidate them or entice them, amen, that this is the way to worship. Hey, I believe personally, I'm just going to put this in here, amen. I believe personally today we still have to keep that guard up, amen, to watch it, make sure that, amen, that we don't allow the enticing world around us, the religious world around us to try to dictate and control us, amen. Amen. To, to draw crowds and people and pacify people and things of that nature. I still believe there is a way to worship. I believe there's a way, amen, that God wants us to, to, to walk in his footsteps and be who he wants us to be. And I think we need to be careful, amen, to make sure that we don't allow the traditions of men and traditions of the world, amen, to gravitate itself into our, our lives and into our world and even into our beings. Hallelujah. Rob us of the true worship of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. That a guide and lead us into all truth. I want to walk in truth. How about you? Praise God. How many had read your lesson, read the lesson connection? What a beautiful, 
uh, connection that's made here. It talks about this tower, amen, that was built back in 1965 by the East Germans. Uh, the communist side here, we know after the war, World War II, the east and west side and the Berlin Wall that was built there. And then, amen, how the one side, amen, built, the east side built this tower. It's actually some 1,270 feet tall for broadcasting tower. They talked about it. And, and they built on the very top of the pier of that thing. If you'll go and read this, I won't go through all of it. But uh, just give you enough to see what God can do, amen, in the power of the cross. Amen. Because you know what? There's more to that message right there a lot of people realize because you could take lives that's really been messed up and been through the mud but if they can come to a visitation to the cross and let the cross begin to shine through them I'm telling you you can't hide the power of the cross the power of the experience at the foot of the cross you cannot hide amen in fact I can take you to the tabernacle plan and show you in the tabernacle plan the shadow of the cross in the tabernacle plan God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He knew the ending from the beginning. And so as you watch this, as they had built it and set it up, when the sun would come up, if you read that, you'll go back and see that it actually cast a shadow of the cross upon this ungodly society inside the east side. They didn't accept God. They didn't believe in God. Well, the west side was more like the western states and the United States. And the eastern side was more like Europe and that bunch. And they didn't want to believe in God and want to give no testimony to God. And so they was going to brag and boast about their technology. And they come up and built this tower. But every time the sun would come up, there would be a reflection of a cross that would go across their city. <laughs> Reagan, a man later on, was the president of the United States in 1987. And a part of that speech where he tells, amen, Gorbachev, amen, to tear down that wall, he makes mention how that they had used paints and chemicals upon these stainless plates, amen, trying to discolor it, trying to prevent it from ever happening ever again, but it didn't work, amen. And so that was a testimony. You just can't hide. Even though God, the writer said, even though God had to use the S-U-N, amen, to send the message to the east side. Amen. The power of the cross. Christianity works. Ladies and gentlemen, the rest of the world needs to wake up and see why America is so blessed. It's not because we're so smart and so all this. It's because we believe in called what? Called Jesus Christ. We're a Christian nation if you ask me. And any politician that don't want to be a Christian nation needs to reside and move out. They ought to be disqualified. If I was a leader, I'm not. There's a few things I'd put in there. If you don't, if you know, if, if you can't check this box, you're not even, you're not even qualified to run. In fact, we're gonna take your voting rights. That'd stop a lot of this. Well, preacher, you well, you can say what you want to. We're founded upon the word of God. This is what's going to keep us. This is the reason we're so blessed. When we kept this, amen. When we kept the lids of this open and we taught it to our kids and we carried it to school with us, we carried it to the courtrooms with us, we carried it on the highways and the byways and the workplaces with us. Where God blessed us. God blessed us. We won wars that we shouldn't have won. We, 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 we got gained victories. Amen. World wars. Hallelujah. But you know what? Because we believed in this God. Amen. And we called on His mercy and grace and He came to our rescue and helped us and raised us up. Hallelujah. You know what? Amen. You know what? We can do that as individuals and we can do that as families and we can do that as a church. And that's 
what it's boiling down to today. Amen. Churches and individuals got to make up their mind. I'm still going to do what's right. If the rest of the world don't want it. Regardless of all the rejection. Think about it. Still right. The rest of the world can reject it. But still right. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Amen. For God so loved the world that He gave. Praise God. As we watch this really begin to unfold, take place. Really, you can just, we're going to go, and we can go just the fourth chapter of Luke, and we're just from there. And uh, we, we're going to tie into the lesson some, but, uh, but I'd really love to just, because if I don't, I know time will eat us up here. But when you go there, you can pick up, and I know the 16th, but we're going to back up just a little bit. It's 14th verse, and Jesus preaches. He's going to Nazareth. Now, you remember last week, the temptation, the battle between Satan himself and with the written word of God. We know that the beginning of the chapter talked about he was led in the spirit into the wilderness. Notice what happens out of that temptation. Let's learn this. <laughs> Man, when Jesus come out of that temptation, listen to what the 14th verse said about him. And Jesus returned in the power of the spirit. He left that trial and temptation better. Not better. I'll tell you something, I really felt like, and I've been reading a book, I've been on it quite a while, and of course, when you read a page or two here and there, and you know how that works. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, if I'm in God's will, why so much suffering? And uh, even in prayer this morning, uh, you know what the real answer to a lot of this is? We got to walk down the same road a lot of the people, the unbelievers, walk down. We've got to climb the same mountains a lot of the unbelievers have to climb. We have to go through the same valley a lot of people, amen, unbelievers have to go through. But the real testimony is how we walk through them with Jesus Christ and become that testimony of our response in the midst of that. Now, our preference would be to be exempt from it. We, we was taught last week in the temptation. Pray that he enter not into temptation. But you know what? Everybody's going to be tested. Everybody's going to be tried. Everybody's going to experience storms. And no matter who we are. We talked about that a little bit, didn't we? Amen. The wise man's going to dig down and get on the rock. The unwise is going to be on the sand. But the storm's going to come to both. Storms of life and difficulties and circumstances are going to come to the believer and to the unbeliever. But the test at the end of the journey, amen, is how we walk through it with Christ Jesus. As our comforter, as our help. Amen. And the unbeliever, how they walked. And here's the key. They ought to be looking at us saying, you know what? They got something we don't have. They seem to have a favor that we don't have. There seems to be some things working for them. And it's not just because they got the best doctors and they got more money and they... No, there's something else. Because <laughs> I see them facing the same devils, the same trials, the same circumstances. But there's something inside of them. Amen. That gives them peace, that gives them comfort, that gives them assurance. And you know what? They're going to be overcomers. They're going to be victorious. Amen. We need, we need, and when we, this is not going to beat us out. And so the best way to handle rejection is having a made up mind that this rejection is not going to beat me out. 
And I'm not going to get a bad attitude about it. I'm not going to get a bad spirit about it. I'm not going to start casting stones and I'm not going to railings and things of that nature. I'm not going to start taking on an old nature. I'm not going to let that old temper. I'm not going to let, well, this is in mama. This is just in our genes. Now I got some scripture to back this up now. We got a new daddy. If you're born again, you got a new daddy. You got new blood. You're carrying a different name. You're walking to a, for a different kingdom. You're representing something far more greater. And so it changes all that. So watch this. So as, as, as Jesus returns in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame from him. I talked about this uh, Wednesday night. I still believe if I didn't get that message across, we're going to work on it. You know one of the most powerful witness tools we got? church powerful services we got some more but i'm telling you if we don't have a place to bring them that they can feel god and see the operation of god amen then what you're going to do when you witness to them where you're going to take them so we got to have powerful holy ghost anointed services in this place what a presence of the lord we felt here today already what a touch of god thank god for it too man hallelujah and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Now, taught in their synagogue in Galilee. Some of these synagogues, man, they accept him, glorified. Man, they, they was amazed. They was astounded. Amen. But what he had taught, what he had preached, and it blew their minds. And they responded, accept it. But as he goes on, he said, but he came to Nazareth. Nazareth is where he was born. This is where he was raised. And uh, there's some powerful things we can learn from this. I really believe today, if, uh, if you had not read your lesson, you'll see uh, there's some dangers, amen. And you and I, even as Holy Ghost filled people, and coming to the house of God on a regular basis, and, and having the same, and I'm going to go that far, having the same uh, mom and daddy, having the same pastor, having the same whatever. After a while, it just becomes real familiar to us, and we'll miss the visitations of God because we get into a rut. We'll get, we'll get a mundane approach the same. Bible warns us. Well, I'm, I'm not going to go into all that. I'm on, I'm on. So here he goes. He goes back to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And his custom was he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the psalm of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where he was written. And that was a key verses here this morning. Where he was anointed. Where he was called on to preach the gospel to the poor. To open blinded eyes. To unstop deaf ears. To preach liberty to those that are bruised or oppressed. Amen. That the, the enemy. Those that... That's, you know, there's a good possibility that life hadn't just been so good to you. Man, your trials and troubles and lost none. Down. We're all born in that state. That's the reason that we must be born again. Hallelujah. Because the first birth, the natural birth. Man, we lost that in the garden. And, and so kingdoms and powers and authority had been, was given. Adam gave them to Satan. And now he, he uses those as tactics and means to war against us. And so now in the New Testament, since 
John the Baptist, Brother Ford mentioned the kingdom of God, and we force, oppress our way into it. Amen. And that's just not just the first repentance and the baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, but it's a pressing time even from that point on. How many of you, since you got the Holy Ghost, man, it's just been, you know, you've just been on, on cloud nine the whole time. You just step from one cloud to the next. <laughs> from one mountain experience to the next. It's not going to happen. You know, you, uh, I just wonder how many pear trees are grow on top of the mountain. How many apple trees grow on top of the mountain? How many grapes grow on top of the mountain? You can't live on top of the mountain. You can't survive on top of the mountain. Thank God for valleys. Because in the valleys where some things grow. In the valley, amen, is where you can get some nourishment that you can't get on the mountain. In the valley, you can get some comfort and just some encouragement. <laughs> some nutrition, amen, that you can't get at any other place, both in the natural and in the spiritual. In fact, I'm going to preach on it. I wrote the verse down. I'm going to preach on it sometimes. Paul's writings in 1 Corinthians, Corinthian church, he talks about, amen, in trials and tribulations and heartaches. It's when the most, when the most consolation it means comfort, amen, it's when, especially when we suffer for Christ. That's when he shows up and performs his best. Is it in the times of our battles and troubles? Now watch this. When you're rejected for the gospel's sake, And it doesn't matter where it comes from. It doesn't matter who it is. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Could be before we see the rapture of the Lord, even in here in America, that divisions would become more so. More obvious for those that cast their lot with Jesus Christ. Those that have given themselves to the gospel, to the truth. It's made up in their minds. I'm going to walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. I want to do what's pleasing to God. Amen. I want to cure that call and obey it. I want to fulfill that call. This is the same example that the Lord has going to leave us. And so we see where he was anointed and blessed to preach in the acceptable year. <clears throat> and he closed the book and he gave it back. He mounted to the minister. Uh, no doubt this minister, amen, was attended or some even calls him a priest. And, and he sat down and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue was fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now, boy, they enjoyed this, man. They, they eating it up. They, they're enjoying this part. You know, they're blessed and, 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 and you know, they're going to be, you know, lifted up in courage and and all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, it's not this Joseph's son. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hmm. And we could put a lot into it. And I think we need to be careful. Because he was Joseph's son in a sense. Now Joseph didn't father him. But as far as they knew, he was raised, amen, to be Joseph's son. But we have to be careful, amen, with, with being familiar. I, I've watched it happen before. Uh, I, I, all I know to do is just be honest, okay? <laughs> Praise God. You, you, I, I've seen people preach before. 
Man, you really enjoyed what they had to say until you found out certain things about them. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't the same. <laughs> Praise God. Or it could have been somebody's bragging about somebody and all of a sudden, you know, they're talking all about him. And I was saying, who in the world are you talking about? And so and so. Really? <laughs> you just don't know them. <laughs> You're not real familiar with them. <laughs> you hadn't done this and you hadn't done that. And, and it has a tendency to work on us. Okay? And so... In this setting, even though they was astounded and amazed at what he was saying up to this point, all of a sudden it began to go through the crowd. This is Joseph's son. I mean, they just live right down the road. One writer talks about it and said, we know his sisters, his brothers. She's married to so-and-so. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that jerk. <laughs> oh, there's more lot to that than what you think, I promise you. God didn't call <laughs> God, I'm going to tell you now, you, you, this book is full of a lot of people that's called out of a lot of places, and thank God for it. Thank God for it. And so we see something begin to unfold here. We begin to realize that something begins to happen whenever they start allowing. Now watch this, the power of the mind. Now watch this. Well, I'm, 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 throwing, I'm throwing some trouble out there right here, but I'm going to do it. Praise God. How many of you like the old songs? How many of you like the new songs? How many of you like all songs? Some of you don't like nothing. You ain't responded to nothing. <laughs> Go to the Church of Christ. They don't believe in it. <laughs> See? See what I'm talking about? Now watch this. What do you like the most? I can tell you what you like the most. It's what you got the Holy Ghost under. That's what you like the most. It's what you got the Holy Ghost under, the power of God. Now, the most important thing about all of that is to make sure that you got the Holy Ghost. Because if you didn't, you're still lost and undone. I mean, that's Scripture, okay? Take it like, but, but I'm telling you, that's the Scripture. That's what the Bible has taught us. And um, that's the most important thing. Is make sure that foundation is laid and it's right. Uh, and because if that happens, then it helps out and all the other. And thank God for it. And so... As you watch, even in the lesson here, as he goes on, he talks about, um, and actually, he, pretty quick now, he goes to it. And uh, the B part of the first part of the lesson, although not biblical proverb, it is often true that familiarity breeds what? Contempt. Man, just familiar with them. It's amazing to me that you can, and I, you've heard this, you know, you can do 99 things right and one thing wrong. And every time your name comes up, what is they more prone to remember? When you think of David, there's two or three things that want to pop in your mind immediately. And one of them's not too good. But it, it pops up almost every time. He was a giant killer, but he sure messed up. Satchel was a mighty man, but boy, he sure messed up. I can take it. Peter, 
Man, he's the one who had the keys, but, but, but he denied him. In fact, later on, Paul had to get in his face and correct him. Brother Odom started on the New Testament and he talked about Matthew, the man Matthew. Brought some things out about him I've never really thought about or heard anybody say much about him. Matthew being a tax collector. Matthew, a gift from Elohim, Jehovah, is the meaning of Matthew. Now some believes that Matthew's daddy was also James's daddy. And he said, and if that's right... That means because Matthew also means he's called Levi. And that he was of the part of the ministry. And so he says, I just wondered what happened to Matthew. That caused him to leave the ministry. And go to collecting taxes. To become one of the most hated individuals of his time. Ranked among the top of sinners. Because of his profession that he was doing. And he talks about him. He said, but in Matthew's writings, when he talks about the disciples, he doesn't say anything about Peter and any of that. But he says when he gets to himself, he called himself the Republican. And he was simply telling everybody, you know what? Now watch this. Because he goes into it. And, and, and hey, this tied in with what I'm talking about even Wednesday night. Fisherman. Fisherman. He, he went to. Peter and James and John, Andrew, and called them and told them and gave them promises. Well, that calling will make you fishermen and men and all this other. He said, but with Matthew, now this is Matthew's writings. He said, when he walked by Matthew, and he's at the desk, he's at the place of collecting. He says he don't offer him nothing except just calling him to the ministry. He goes on with that. He says, hey, if you're in the ministry trying to find the gleam light, if you're in the ministry trying to be somebody and the glamour and all that, said you're in it for the wrong business. Said if you're in it to make big money or easy money, said you're in it for the wrong reason. What are, what are you trying to say? Matthew could have easily, somewhere along that, said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm wounded up. I'm, I'm, you know. But he didn't. When Jesus walked by and called him, he responded to the call. And so you and I, regardless of what's in our past, regardless of what's transpired, I'm telling you when God puts a call on us and when he puts anointing on us, and I'm telling you, the enemy will use your past. If you're not careful, you'll use your past. You'll pull it up. You'll remember. And sometimes the past of other events. Now, uh, well, I don't want to get to anyway. So, familiarity breeds contempt. Amen. That means a feeling at a person that they're disqualified. Just who do they think they are? What makes him think he knows it all? Jesus, boy, you're saying some great things. And I thought about it. And, man, you're just the son of Joseph. But he wasn't the son of Joseph. Joseph didn't have anything to do with Mary. Jesus, amen, God. And so, watch this. Immediately, that starts questioning that he's not the Messiah. 
He's not the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That same avenue can be used when God wants to use us in the gifts of the Spirit, in the calling of the anointing of God. If you and I are not careful, we can allow that old part saying, well, just who do they think they are? Instead of believing, you know what? God can use anybody. If we humble and yield and give ourselves, God can use anybody to perfect and to bring about His will and His purpose. Now watch this. This is what the message is all about today. Jesus did not allow the rejection that took place, amen, in Capernaum. Mess Him up. When they wouldn't receive it, when they wouldn't respond to it, when they, they didn't believe who he was and what he could do. So you watch it as it, it keeps unfolding there. His response unto them. And he said unto them, You will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Could it be they begin to think about his family? Maybe begin to think about some things that had happened. Because if you read the scriptures close enough, you're going to find out his own brothers didn't believe in him to start with. Took a little while. His half-brothers. Can I put it that way? (laughs) Because they were. They didn't have the same daddy. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. Perform to do that. Can I ask us an honest question? It's a lot easier to drive 100 miles somewhere to a special service, join up with a bunch of people we don't even know, a preacher that we don't know, and we'll have more faith in them anointing us and praying the prayer of faith over us than we will our own local assembly. I'm just being honest. It's our makeup. It's just, you know, because if I don't know anything about them, I, got, I can have greater faith that God can use them. But if I know this about them, and I've been around him here, and, you know, we went out and eat a few times. And did you know that's the reason some preachers won't have much, won't deal much with his congregation? That's one of the reasons. He simply don't want you to become too familiar. To know him too good. But then the scripture says to know them that labor among you. <laughs> Praise God. Boy, y'all looking at me. That's all right. <laughs> I just, all I know how to do is be honest about it. We're just flesh. There's no good thing in our flesh. We're just vessels. And the scripture often tells us earthen vessels. And I, I've taught this church. That's the reason it's a dangerous thing to lift certain preachers. Just keep lifting them up, lifting them up, lifting them up. They're not God. They're prone and subject to make mistakes and come up short. But you know what? We don't need to disqualify them. If they repent and get right with God, that same anointing, God can still use them. God still bless them and operate through them. Thank God He does. (laughs) We'd all be in a mess. But watch what He... Let's just look at some of this. How He responds unto them. He says, 
whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias. And you know, go back to 1 Kings, I think it's what, 6, 17 chapter, where the widow there, where Elijah had to be sent out to Seraphath, amen, to a little widow. There was many widows that he could have sent, God could have sent them him to. But you know what? They wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe God. It's all about believing. Well, I don't believe that. That answers it. I don't believe it takes that. I don't believe it does. Even when the scriptures have instructed us and guided us, our unbelief counsels. Now watch it. It counsels the operation of God. And so they're wanting him, amen, to perform things as he did in Capernaum, but it's their unbelief. In fact, one writer, I believe it's Mark, amen, that writes and talks about it. He was able to lay his hand on a few, a few, just a few, in that particular city, in that particular place. That's the reason it's so important to have unity. That's the reason it's so important to have compassion and long-suffering and mercy working in the body. Oh, y'all. <laughs> it's the truth. God's still God. God just as much today as he's ever been. God can perform any miracle. He, you know, but it's the body. The body. What Brother McCain, he said, God, don't work in messes. But you know what? But in Revelation, we see, and I think, I said, but God, you still walked in those churches. And some of them churches, they was a mess. But thank God, he was still walking in them. You know what? God's still working with us. God's still working in Bendale, Mississippi. But not just in Bendale. God, the only hope America's got is for the church to rise up and say, you know what? There is a God. There is one that can help us along this way to accomplish and achieve that that glorifies and magnifies his name. But here's, here's what we got to do. We got to get to the place that, you know what? I believe God can anoint them and bless them. In fact, God, I'm going to start praying. Whoever you want to use in our local assembly, amen, through the gifts of the Spirit, God, put it on them. Put it on them. God, if it's me or whoever, it don't make me in a difference. I'm not the one that's going to qualify them or disqualify them. That's what needed to happen here. But because a man, and, and he answers it. Well, I say unto you, no prophets except in his own country. But I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias when the heavens were shut up for three years, six months, and when the great famines were throughout all the land. Unto none of them were Elias sent, save unto Zarephath, the city of Sinai, unto a woman that was a widow. And many leopards were in Israel in the time of Elisha and the prophet. And none of them was cleansed, say, saving Naaman. Amen. The Syrian, Naaman was cleansed. There was many other leopards there. Now watch this. Let's go to another place, and, and, and I know I'm out of time, but I'm going to try to do. Centurions, it's mentioned, amen, in our scriptures. Actually, they're mentioned pretty often throughout the scriptures. And so let me just for a little bit uh, go to Luke, the seventh chapter. You're going to see there in Luke, the seventh chapter, one through ten. There is a certain centurion, the Bible said, had a servant that was sick, a sick, amen, to the point ready to die. And so he sends word out to Jesus Christ to have him to come. And when he finds out that Jesus Christ is coming, amen, he sends and coming, it's getting close to his house. He sends word to it back to him and tells him. And Jesus went to them and when he said, not far off from his house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy 
worthy that thou shouldest enter unto my Ruth. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee. But say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. He's, what's what he's saying? I got the faith. I just didn't feel like I was worthy enough to come. And I sure don't feel like I'm worthy enough for you to come unto my house. But I tell you what, I got enough faith if you'll just speak the word. For I am also a man set under authority, having under my, me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goeth to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servants, do this, and he doeth them. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. Remember, centurions is, is over the Romans. He, he's a uh, Roman military, over like a thousand men. So when you talk about this centurion, you know, he's not like one of the Jews, but yet he sent Jews, some elders of the Jews, and sent, and, and they told him, so they showed up to Jesus, said, he's worthy, he said, he's blessed us, and he's done great things, and he's talking about to the Jews, even though he wasn't a Jew. And he didn't feel like he was worthy to come, but he said, but you know what? I believe in authority, and I believe in power, and I believe in you, Jesus Christ, if you'll just speak the word, that my servant can be healed. And guess what's happened? Amen. Within the hour, amen, that servant was healed. You know why? Because Jesus said, I have heard such great faith in Israel. All of Israel, man, none of you Jews have the faith this man's got. What's this? Why do you think miracles can happen out with folks that not built on the right foundation? They got two things going for them. Faith and they know what name to call on. When you call on Jesus by faith, I don't care where you're at, what you're doing, this God will show up. The Bible says he's not going to owe any man. Now he shows up, performs these things, which ought to have, do what? Draw us closer. Cause us to hunger and thirst after him. To move, to operate. That's what, that's what miracles. Go back to Wednesday night. Miracles took place. Why? That drawed people. That attracts people. That gets their attention. Say, hey, there is a God. So even though Jesus Christ was rejected in his hometown, all they that were in the synagogues when they heard these things were filled. Now watch their response. They was filled with wrath. And rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him unto the uh, the hill whereupon their city was built that they might cast him down headlong. That hill actually exists there in that same city today. It's built upon a hill. They took him there. They were going to shove him off the cliff. Amen. But the Bible says, amen. But he passing through the midst of them went his way. And so we, we really begin to see what happened, what's taking place, what's unfolding. And so as you watch through this lesson, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to run out of time here with some of this, but um, there's a promise. You watch what the writer brings out. Please, if you had not read your lesson, I'm going to encourage you to go back and read the lesson. It's a powerful lesson, and uh, it can make all the difference in the world. When you look at the part of God has promised for those not yet in the church. God has promises for those that are not yet in the church. You can go to Acts, the 10th chapter. I would go there, but uh, uh, covering about 44 verses. You've read it. You know it's a Gentile again. It's a centurion. He's a centurion over the band of Italian band. Amen. But his alms and his prayers become up a memorial before God. And God sends an angel to him to instruct him who to send for. Amen. To get the gospel or receive the gospel. How to be saved. How to be Redeemer. Watch this. If you want to be saved, you got to read the book of Acts. If you want to keep in a rapture in a safe condition, read the 21 letters after.
okay? That's where it's at. So now when you go to the 10th chapter of Acts and Cornelius is there and so sure enough in this vision he saw that. Now watch, God works on both sides. This is what we and I got to be careful. This is what the writer warns us about, about cultures and about maybe judging people or looking at them. If they qualify or don't qualify. Everybody qualifies for salvation. Whosoever will, let them come. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what geographical location they come from. Man, it don't matter what address they live in our community. It, that don't matter. Not one bit. They have a right to be saved. They have a right to hear the gospel. They have a right to have an example before them of how to live an overcoming life. To be a testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so as you watch this even here, this Cornelius, now he was a righteous man and prayed and his prayers and all become a more before God. And, and so he sends, amen, he gets his soldier, he gets some of his faithful servants, amen, three of them, he sends them toward to Joppa. But what happens in Joppa. Peter, Peter, the one, amen, that in Acts 2.39 had, had, had made the statement in his first message he ever preached, to soever the God shall call. It's a promise to whosoever the Lord shall call. Amen. But he didn't understand that because probably in his own mind he thought he's talking about the Jews, those that's way out there, those that's been scattered to, to the four corners of the earth. But he didn't realize, amen, when he made that statement that God had intention to call in Gentiles. It was going to be further down the road, but God was going to call Gentiles. Now we got this centurion, another centurion involved. And you know what? Centurions weren't chosen, amen, because they'd done great courage things. You know, the reason they was put over leadership a lot of time is because they had soundness of mind and they had uh, 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 minds and hearts and spirits of how to conduct themselves, how to lead themselves, how to, how to have a, a desire and a passion to do what's upright and wholesome in the sight of God. And so even the Romans realized to put up leadership and what type of leadership that need to be put up. One of the reasons, hey, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, amen. One of the reasons we got so much trouble a lot of time in the political world now, amen, and with so much we're getting so broad with a lot of our things, amen, is because, amen, so many's in there just living to a twofold lifestyle instead of living a godly lifestyle and a called out lifestyle. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that goes on today that 50 years ago they would have never even got the opportunity to run. Praise God. So what, did, what happened here? God had to work on Peter, didn't he? It's about noon. That's what the Bible says. And he, God gives a vision. He decides to go up and pray. Amen. While he's waiting on them to get dinner ready. God sends him a vision. Sends a sheet down. Knit at the four corners. It's got all type of four-footed beast creeping uh, creatures and fowls of the air that... That by the law, by the Old Testament, they was not to partake of. And the voice, listen, if you go back and read it closely, the voice was Jesus Christ. Told he said, Peter, rise up and eat. Lord, I've never put any unclean or common in my mouth. He calls him Lord. He recognized the voice. He knew who was talking to him. And actually, three times, it came down. And God finally tells him, even though Peter didn't understand what was going to happen and what was going to unfold, he, he just simply told him, he said, you've got to believe, you've got to have faith. It's going to be unfold. And then he tells him, he said, hey, there's three at the door knocking, looking for you right now. Looking for you. He goes down, greets and brings them in, makes his way there. 
I would like to read a portion of that. You listen after he gets there and watch the preaching of Peter when he shows up in that, in that place. Now watch Cornelius. Cornelius goes gets his friends and his loved ones. Cornelius is at the point now here. Whatever, whatever pre- Peter preaches for them to do, he's willing to do it. He's going to trust what that angel instructed him. He's going to trust what he had done felt. So watch Peter. Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of person. When he comes to salvation, God is no respecter of person. Now there is a plan of salvation. And everybody's got to follow the plan. No one's exempt. But to every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness. He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee and after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him, And we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and Jerusalem whom he slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and slew and showed him openly. Not to all the people but unto witnesses chosen before of God. Even to us who did not eat or drink with him who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that is he which is, or was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. And to him gave you the prophets witness that, that through the name whosoever believeth on him should not um, have remission of sin. Now watch this. Now while yet Peter spake these words the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. It didn't say all that was in the house either. It didn't say that all the kinfolks. I don't know. And I'm not trying to add or take. It's a dangerous thing to do. But it made it clear. to. But that's the reason we're taught to have an ear to hear what the Spirit has to say. The letter killeth, but Spirit gives life. Folks, this thing ties together. It really ties together. Any direction you turn and go, I'm telling you, it ties together. It comes together. <laughs> and they of the circumcision which believe were astonished, as many as came with Peter. Some come with him. Peter wasn't willing to go by himself. He said, Folks, if I'm going to go get in trouble, y'all going with me. <laughs> so he brought some witnesses. Because he knew Jerusalem would be calling on him. He knew they'd be saying, Peter, what are you doing going down there fellowshipping with that bunch? You know we don't have no business with them. And he came up. Watch what happened. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God thank God for the word then answered Peter can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we 
There was a sign that let them know they received the Holy Ghost just like they received it on the day of Pentecost. Now watch this. Peter could have missed that opportunity to preach to those Gentiles. If he'd have let the old culture, if he'd let his own preconceived ideas, God, we've we never done that. Man, I've never put. But thank God that we can hear the voice of God and obey the voice of God and let God be God. Watch what he does. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. He commanded. The Gentiles were commanded to be baptized in the name. Now watch. You know, I, I believe we've got to be kind, we've got to be gentle. We've got to work with people. I think you can be overbearing. But I'll tell you something. We can't change the doctrine. Can't change the doctrine. Peter didn't change the doctrine when he got to the Gentiles. It was the same doctrine that he preached to the Jews. It was the same doctrine he preached in the 8th chapter of Acts to the Samaritans. It's going to be the same doctrine to the Gentiles. Can I tell us something? It doesn't matter. I don't care where you go. I don't care what geographical location you go, what group of people you get in among. You can't change the doctrine for them. It's going to take the same experience. It's going to take the same outpouring. It's going to take baptizing in the same name. I'm just... This is... Now, this is where the rejection part will start coming in. Most of them don't believe that you have to do that to be saved. And they'll mark you off the list. Here's the problem with that. It's not what I believe that's going to get you there. John said anybody, and I know he might have been talking about Revelation. Proverbs talks about Add or takes from this. He's going to be held accountable. To the point of having his own name taken out of the Lamb's book of life. Let me ask us again. How many likes to be rejected? How many likes conflict? How many likes to really argue, debate? Some do, some don't. I'm going to read a portion of what he wrote here. If I could find it. I got too much of it marked, really.
This promise of the Holy Ghost is from God. It's not from man. And you and I have the responsibility to let him know. To live a life, to conduct ourselves, to be a witness of the power of this Holy Ghost. How it would transform us, how it would guide us, how it will even be a bridle upon our tongue. How that we're so willing a man to be persecuted and even possibly be rejected. Now watch Jesus. Even though they bound him and hindered his work in in you know, he couldn't do near the work in as he had done in Capernaum. But what did he do? Watch this. He goes to the next, goes back to Capernaum, and he blesses and heals and does to the point that they tried to hold him. They try to keep him there. And he says, can't do it. He says, there's other cities I got to go to. To preach the kingdom. To preach the gospel. I got to go. So. <laughs> that's, that's really walking in the Holy Ghost. And walking in the power of the Spirit of God to be a witness for Him. What did Philip do? Oh, how many of us would have left to stay at the revival? How many of you left to stay at the revival where man, this one and that one's getting the Holy Ghost and man, all kind of people you never dreamed of is being baptized in Jesus' name and devils are being cast out and all kind of miracles are happening. And all of a sudden God moves upon you and says, hey, I need you to go out to a desert place. I got one Got a eunuch that's coming. He's going to come by. He's going to come passing through. I need to send a witness to him. We're going to preach on this some on Wednesday nights. The power of the witness. Now the only way we can be a powerful witness is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what makes us that powerful witness. It really does. I'm about through. Watch this. And I know I didn't get to cover all this. How many of you read the last latter part of that lesson, the, the very ending? How many read about the, the horseman? Pretty good little story, wasn't it? Monty. Monty Roberts actually was raised by a dad that was a horse trainer. And um, his dad would go from town to town and from ranch to ranch, a man training horses. And apparently was very successful and very good at it, but... But yet, Monty, you know, uh, being back in the early 1900s, because he was born about 1935, um, to have an education, to have the opportunity to move it as much as it was, uh, hindered, no doubt, his education. But the time he got to his senior year, the senior uh, year of high school, the teacher there had asked him to write up a paper. And so, uh, of you know, what he wanted to be when he was older. And so the boy responded by writing simply a seven-page manuscript that described in detail the ranch he had planned to own one day. So he said he submitted the paper, and it was a surprise when he received an elf on the assignment. And when Monty asked why he had been given a failing grade, the teacher responded, this dream is unrealistic for a boy in your situation. Hmm. 
I just wonder how many times that God's call and God's anointing and move upon us. And if we're not careful, if you listen, if you listen to the wrong voices, and that could be your own voice, your own, your own flesh could cause you more trouble than anything else sometimes. Sometimes that voice can be from a loved one. Sometimes that voice can be as such as one that's sitting in authority as a teacher in your life. And so, there's a story, if you go back and read it. The teacher then suggested that he resubmit the assignment with a more realistic vision for his future. According to the story, Monty took a few days to consider his response. Finally, he went back to the teacher and said, You can keep your elf, and I'll keep my dream. It's a powerful story. It's a true story. And he actually fulfilled that dream. Still living today, if I'm not mistaken, probably about 86 or somewhere in that neighborhood. Owns a high-dollar ranch in California. Been involved, I think, what they call horse whispering, things of that nature. Says he has, believes there's a way that you can deal with wild horses and uh, horses all together and the language to talk to him and all, and you, you, all that you want to. But, but he fulfilled the dream just simply because he didn't let somebody reject it or take it from him. I just wonder how many times that Joseph know, knew the call of God upon him, the dreams that God had gave him. And this is what kept him to deal with, with every pitfall, every dungeon that he had been cast into. What about us today as we stand in this house this morning? The call of God that's upon our lives. You and I both, and I believe I get 100% of agreement that the most important thing is the call of God upon our lives and attaining eternal life and pleasing God and hearing that, that final statement. To, and I say final statement, not really the final, but yet hearing that statement, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Just wonder how often God maybe quickened our hearts and our spirits and maybe to witness to this one or witness to that one. And even though, you know, angels hadn't visited us and even though we didn't in the middle of the day have visions, we knew that it was God and we knew it was the Holy Ghost. We knew that. But if we're not careful, this old nature of ours, the devil himself, you listen to people, they'll rob you of it. They say it's never going to happen. And you know what? All the dreams may not be fulfilled in your life, but I just wonder how many things it was accomplished greatly, even for the kingdom of God. Somebody started it. Somebody started planting a seed, and somebody started putting it in somebody's heart. And it's God, a man. He talks about it. He says that, you know, one plants, another waters, and God gives the increase. So even though we may not see the loved ones or the friends or the neighbors or possibly even the enemy, but because we, was, we, we, we stepped out and we started the process, that's the reason we see some great churches. We see some great witnesses of God and great outcomes because somebody had enough faith to say, you know what? I believe God wants to bless that. I believe this is God's will. And by faith, they begin to speak it. And they begin to speak out. 
That's what you and I have got to do. You can't let rejection. Just because one don't want to receive it. Don't stop sowing. Don't start, stop telling somebody else. If they don't want it. They don't want no part of it. You know what? I, I, I try the best I can. I, I don't want to make enemies out of nobody. I still want to be their friend. But it's up to them to believe the gospel. It's not up to I got the responsibility of delivering it. I got the responsibility of living it. I got the responsibility, especially when you're asked, to give them what this book says. But it's up to them to believe it. But it's up to me to, to be that witness day in and day out. To be that testimony of God's goodness, God's grace, God's love. Not to allow that rejection to think that, you know what, the next one don't want it either. Or the next one. Because if we're not careful, we'll reach a point in place. And you know what? Nobody wants this. Nobody really wants to live a godly life and a called out life. And, but I beg the difference with you. There's some folks out there this morning. If, if, if they could just get a revelation. If they could just get an insight. They, some of them found themselves in places now that I'm going to tell you something. The gospel is the only thing that's going to get them out. They're bound to some, some addictions and spirits. But this is the only God that's going to set them free. That's going to make them whole. Nothing else will. Now we all know that. That's the reason you and I have got a purpose in our mind and our heart and our spirit. I'm not going to let rejection no more than Jesus did. Amen. He knew what he had to fulfill. Even when Pilate... Pilate tried to tell Jesus he had the power to take his life. No, you don't. You don't. I got the power to lay it down and the power to raise it up. He told Pilate, he said, you wouldn't even have no power if it hadn't been given to you. <laughs> don't let rejection. Don't let the false finders and the negative people, amen, feel like that you can't be who and what God's called you to be. I beg the difference with you. You let God's call be alive. You submit yourself, yield yourself. The power of the cross. The power of the experience of that cross. Of that blood that washes away all of our sins. Amen. And when confession's made and you meant it, you know what? God washed it. It's a done deal with God. It's in the sea of forgetfulness. Oh, the devil may bring it up and things of that nature, but you don't let rejection. <laughs> there was a little widow woman, not a widow woman, but a woman in the New Testament. She had a daughter that was vexed with the devil at the point of death. She made her way to the disciples, and the disciples done everything they could to run her off. They rejected her. They actually offended her. I'm telling you, they've done everything they could. And at the start, even Jesus didn't even respond. And very easily, very easily, if we, we, we live with our feelings on our shoulder and we're offended about every little thing, man, when Jesus didn't respond, a bunch of church folks, they call themselves. But she knew where her answer was at. She knew where her hope was at. And even when Jesus didn't respond quite like think he should have. But when he did, 
she took the advantage of that. Just a crumb. Just a crumb. And again, Jesus recognizes faith. Faith. So what's it going to take to overcome rejection? Faith in the anointing. Faith in the call. Faith in the one called Jesus Christ this morning. He's my Savior. He's a bishop of my soul. He's the one that'll wash me and make me whole. <laughs> when everything and everything seems like it's against me, he's for me. And the Bible said, if God's for you, who can be against you? Don't listen to the devil. Listen to your own carnality a lot of times. Just take it to a good old prayer meeting. Bring it under subjection. Say, here I am, God. I'm going to fulfill that call. I'm going to fulfill that obligation. And that's the reason Jesus could go and bear the cross. And that's the reason Jesus would come down off of that cross. When they walked by wagging their heads and beckoning and calling. Say, we'll believe if you'll come down. Thank God he didn't come down. But he paid a price that you and I could live an overcoming life this morning by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Ghost. Would you help me pray? God, we love you. Appreciate you this morning. So thankful for your kindness, your grace, and your mercy. We've done our best to bring forth the word today. A word that's like a seed that can be planted into the heart and the soul and the mind of your people. God, we pray that that word has found its place in our hearts. Found that place in our mind and our spirit. And as we, God, humble and yield ourselves by hearing and by faith, we let it bring forth that that would bring your purpose and your will. You give us the strength to overcome rejection. You give us the strength to overcome our failures and shortcomings. We put our confidence and faith in the powers of your mercy and grace to work on our behalf and upon this church, God, to make us the soul winners of our generation that will blow this community's mind. All the praise and glory and honor is going to be lifted to you and to you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Love you today. Appreciate you. Hopefully something was said. Be uplifting, encouraging to you. Come back tonight, 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time. Brother Ford will be preaching. God bless you.